Welcome back to the Popcast Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Kavya, and welcome back for episode 21 of the podcast. So this is a pretty exciting week. I have a really exciting topic to talk about and something that I'm just very, very passionate about as it is one of my all-time favorite shows. It's probably in my top 10 shows ranking of just scripted television, not including any kind of reality TV or anything like that, because we all know reality TV ranks pretty high for me. Um, So I think from what I remember, this show is probably at about seven or so, Um, but we will kind of get around to talking about that. Um, I'm super excited to talk about this show this week, just with the relevance of why I'm bringing it up uh, and things of that nature. And I'm just so excited. (laughs) I can't believe this is episode 21. I am going to stray off the script for a moment just because I kind of realized that if this episode is 21, next week I'll be doing episode 22, which is so funny to me because I can't believe I've done 20 episodes of this podcast and I've never once mentioned. Um, So if you don't already know, I'm like the biggest Taylor Swift fan. She is my all-time favorite artist, my all-time favorite singer, my all-time favorite performer, my all-time favorite human being ever. I absolutely adore her. I feel like I base my entire life around her at this point. Like, I love her so much. I love everything about her. I love her music. I think she's so talented. I think she's so brilliant. And she's just, oh, she's my favorite person in the world. That's definitely the stand base that I'm the most... I wouldn't say actively involved in because I try not to get too involved in like music Twitter and things like that, but just at least in my head, that's kind of the fandom that I feel like I'm the most a part of in terms of how I actually feel towards it. I think the only thing that comes close is like how much I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, you know, but I absolutely, absolutely adore her. And if the next episode is 22, I'm like really fighting the urge right now to not, you know, make my next episode just a Taylor Swift dedicated episode and the only reason I'm like kind of straying away from it is just that there's so much that like I mentioned in the last episode there's just so much that's going to be covered in the next few episodes there's so much coming up there's so much that has just come out that I'm working on episodes for um right now like I'm putting together those scripts so it's just there's a lot going on so I don't even know if I'd be able to but it's like oh it's a perfect opportunity it's the one you know, you don't want to miss it. The only other time I could have done it was episode 13, but, you know, I can always do one in the future. I don't know. Or maybe, for all you know, I'll surprise you all next week, and it'll just be a Taylor Swift dedicated episode. I don't know. But, uh, (laughs) I'm super, super excited just thinking about that. But anyways, back to this episode. So before we get into this week's topic, I'm going to let you all know that you should totally go hit the follow button, turn on the notification bell. You will get notified every single time I post, which is usually Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is my my time zone. Uh, Also, you should check out the bio for several links, and it's a great way to kind of keep track of what I'm doing. There's a TikTok and an Instagram that you can definitely go check out. Um, It also is linked to my TV time, my letterbox, my Goodreads. It's the best way to know what exactly I'm doing in real time in terms of what I'm watching on TV, what movies I've just watched, and what book I'm currently reading. So it's a great, great, great way to just totally be aware of what's going on in real time. My stand Twitter is also available there if you want to be mutuals on there. Um, I, you know, DM a lot of people on there 
I love making friends on there, and it's probably the easiest way to reach me in terms of it's the best place to actually talk, become friends, anything of that nature. I've made a lot of friends on Twitter, um, so you're more than welcome to DM me, um, ask me questions if there's anything you would like to see on the podcast, um, or just be mutuals and we can interact and stuff. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, So yeah, just throwing all that out there. Keep all of that in mind. And now... Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, and if you couldn't already tell by the title of this episode, (laughs) we are going to be talking about Degrassi, the relevance of Degrassi, why it's important, and why everyone should watch Degrassi. So Degrassi, The Next Generation, uh, is a... I should clarify, I'm going to specifically be talking about Degrassi, The Next Generation, into Degrassi, Next Class, because those are the two iterations of Degrassi that I am the most familiar with, and I also visited the most recently. Um, I would love to go back and actually watch Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. I have not actually gotten the chance to do so. I feel like there's so much on my watch list that's a little bit more pressing. So I have not gotten a chance to actually go back and do that. But I definitely will. And if I ever do, I would love to do a podcast episode on those iterations as well. But these are the two I'm the most familiar with, which is why I'm going to be talking about these two. And I also definitely feel like they're the most popular. So back to what I was saying, um, Degrassi is essentially a Canadian franchise. Um, and so it aired on the Family Channel, which is not a network here in the U.S., obviously, um, but in the U.S., several of the seasons aired on Teen Nick, and of course, airing on Teen Nick gave us the iconic season 10 Shark in the Water promo, so thank you, Teen Nick. (laughs) Um, but anyways, so since, you know, just being an American stuff, I feel like, to a certain degree, a lot of external media that comes from other countries, um, kind of goes overlooked here, like, not a lot of people know about it, so I was not really aware of Degrassi, uh, aside from the references, obviously Degrassi is a heavily referenced show, it's talked about in a lot of other shows, in a lot of movies, um, it has a lot of recognizable faces, of course, Drake was on Degrassi, Nina Dobrev was on Degrassi, and those are just a couple, but there's so many more of, like, just recognizable people, or people who have just randomly been in an episode, which is, like, still so jarring to even think about, but anyways, um, you know, so, it has cultural relevance and a lot of people have heard of the show but a lot of people haven't tuned in and I definitely did not know what it was for the longest time um it didn't you know air on an American network until obviously like I said Teen Nick but that was a little bit further down the line um I was also not born (laughs) when the first season of Degrassi the Next Generation aired for the first time which was in 2001 and I was born in 2002 so not there just totally yet um but even by the time I was old enough to kind of be watching Degrassi since Although Degrassi talked about very, very tough, difficult, um, mature issues, it was still targeted towards a younger audience. And when I say younger audience, I don't mean 10-year-olds. I definitely mean, like, the tween teen crowd to kind of demonstrate some of those aspects of growing up, adolescence, issues, high school, whatever it may be, um, and just everything to do with growing up. And I knew about it just at the bare minimum, but I really never had any kind of interest in watching it. I didn't know anything about it. And one day, I was super bored. And the Degrassi official channel on YouTube uploaded all of Degrassi. And for whatever reason, it was on my recommended page. And I don't know why. And I also don't know what prompted me to actually click on it. But it was season one, episode one, which is, of course, the mother-daughter reunion episode. Um, And, of course, the first two episodes, it's a two-parter, are a little bit confusing because, I guess, it primarily focuses on the characters from Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. 
as it's kind of a reunion episode for them and the introduction of the new characters is all very minuscule it's not a huge part of the episode whatever but those are the characters we're going to ultimately be ending up rooting for and following along for the rest of the show and I had no idea what kind of wild ride I was in for when I watched it but I fell in love with the show I became absolutely obsessed I watched through it incredibly fast and at first, you know, the idea of the show being 14 seasons is such a turnoff. Um, and every time I recommend it to someone, I'm like, yeah, it's 14 seasons. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'll save it till the end of my watch list. But I think one of the biggest turn-ons to Degrassi is that it's only 20 minutes each episode, which I feel like is so beneficial because, at least for me, I find it so much easier to just binge 20-minute episodes than 40-minute episodes, and I'll tend to watch a lot more. So you get through it quite fast and time-wise it's probably the same length as like an eight season regular run drama so you know <laughs> so recently as in like about a month month and a half ago ish maybe two months ago at this point um it was announced that hbo max would be reviving degrassi yet again to create yet another iteration and this time we're getting the hbo version so there was a lot of mixed reception on this. I saw a lot of different people saying a lot of different things. Um, and I guess it really just depends on who you are and how you feel about the show in general and kind of what it can do. And I think a lot of people saw that Degrassi's one drawback was that because of the group of kids it was aimed towards and because of the networks it was airing on, it could only show so much. But I think, for me at least, I never saw that as a downfall, like, at all. I mean, no, they weren't able to show things such as nudity, but they were always able to talk about these issues nonetheless. Like, all the taboo, crazy issues were still consistently talked about on the show, and I feel like everybody was so represented, and um, just all these issues were talked about. It really went there. It talked about these things that not everybody can talk about. It tackled a lot of issues that were never seen on TV before, and the one that sticks out in my head the most was Adam's character. It was the first ever uh, regular on a show that was a transgender character, um, and of course, Adam was probably the first... I mean, I guess I watched Glee before, I think. I think I watched Glee before Degrassi, so whatever, but I think Adam was still probably the first transgender character um, I'd ever seen on TV that was presented the way that he was in terms of his entire plot line and his entire character wasn't just based around the fact that he was transgender, like it was a huge aspect of his identity and storyline, but we got to see Adam have storylines about school and relationships and friendships and his family and he had this whole other character, which is exactly how, you know, certain, uh, groups of people need to be presented on TV, you know, I feel like a lot of characters are kind of reduced to being just a singular, uh, you know, here's a box, you're in this box, your entire character's about that, and a great example I have of this is something I actually talked about on the podcast, um, and that was, you know, not in its entirety, it's definitely not that bad or anything like that, but a lot of people were complaining that the one complaint they had about the sex lives of college girls was that Leighton's character um, was primarily her entire, while she always complained about not wanting the fact that she was a lesbian to be her entire uh, personality when people think of her, it's like they almost reduced her character to that kind of being her only real plot point. And while it's important, and while it should be discussed, and I agree, and it's great that her character is a lesbian, um, we weren't able to explore other aspects of her character, such as what are the things she likes to do for fun, and what does she, you know, 
how is she like in these kinds of situations versus these kinds of situations and just those aspects that stem away from um, aspects such as sexuality you know because I think the most effective way to just normalize everything that people have all these misconceptions about is to just present them in the way that most of them are just you know integrated into society so Degrassi I feel like really portrayed these characters um with so many aspects to their identity that were huge parts of who they were and huge parts of their characters because this is literally Degrassi but also they had all of these other things going on and it allowed for such well-rounded characters and you really felt like you could find pieces of them that you related to and there was always something from everyone that you were like oh okay I've been through a similar experience I've uh, felt these emotions or oh I know someone that felt those emotions you know you can kind of pick and choose those different things from all these different characters and I feel like it was so meaningful so how did I even get here? I was talking about it being on HBO. Oh, right. So that was kind of the drawback where people like, oh, I can't really, you know, see much. But all of these topics were still talked about. And so I guess the HBO version is going to be very similar. These topics are going to be talked about and maybe just shown in a little bit more explicit detail. Um, So I think that's going to be kind of the main thing. But I'm so excited because if you think Euphoria is blowing up the Twitter timeline every day or every Sunday and you know, that is creating all this discourse, like, just wait for an HBO version of Degrassi, like, that is going to cause all kinds of discourse, it's going to be literally insane, um, so I think everybody should watch Degrassi, and I hope everybody watches Degrassi before the new version drops, um, I think I definitely see it being very possible, so on March 25th of this year, 2022, all of Degrassi, The Next Generation, all 14 seasons are going to be available to stream on HBO Max's streaming platform. So I think that will be a, an amazing way to kind of get that out there since it is such a popular platform at this point. And especially after Degrassi comes out and it kind of blows up in popularity like we know it will, um, I think it'll be a huge deal and a big thing if, um, you know, uh, we can get... Um, oh, right, if people can watch it and start to kind of see where it comes from because I think knowing where these characters um originate from and what the show is like is really beneficial especially for a show like this because it's not exactly like Euphoria you know Euphoria people always called the HBO's version of Degrassi but now HBO is getting its literal own Degrassi which is going to be interesting and I was extra inclined to talk about this show this week because um my best friend IRL um she is actually auditioning for Degrassi uh the rebooted like or the next reboot on HBO Max so if she gets it that would be absolutely insane that would be so cool I will definitely have her on this podcast whenever I talk about that season for sure um that would be literally insane oh my goodness just thinking about it I'm literally gonna freak out but I mean I really hope she gets it it would be so cool but you know I saw on Twitter um a lot of different information about casting and it looks like they're trying to cast 13 to 20 year olds which is perfect because that is literally the entire point of the show the entire point of the show was that you know and the entire charm behind the show was that it was always age-appropriate actors it was always 14 year olds playing 14 year olds 15 year olds playing 15 year olds 16 17 18 it was always that and I think that was one of the best parts of the show so the format for the rest of this episode is essentially going to be me going through all the characters um, just from beginning to end in terms of when they came into the show and just a really brief uh, thing about them and my opinions on them and 
whatnot. So first, of course, we have Emma Nelson, who is the first main girl. And I separate them into three main girls. I have Emma, Claire, and Maya, because I feel like those three defined all three of the distinct generations within the Degrassi The Next Generation, because they all had a connection to something of the previous generation. For example, Emma is obviously Spike's daughter, and Spike was the lead, one of the leads in Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And then Claire is Darcy's sister, who is a big part of Emma's generation. And then Maya is Katie's sister, who is a big part of Claire's generation. So there's kind of all these connections along the way. And of course, there's overlap. Like Claire and Emma are on the show at the same time. The end of Emma is the beginning of Claire. And then Claire and Maya are on the show at the same time. The end of Claire is the beginning of Maya. So all those great things. So whenever I get to them, I'm going to address them as like a main girl. So first we have Emma Nelson, who was the first main girl. Um... And my opinions on her, oh, it got really difficult because, you know, there were certain aspects of her character that I didn't like and I did not love. But I feel like having watched Degrassi a couple times now, I've learned to really love her character. And there's definitely things I don't, you know, love. Um, For example, (laughs) I don't love that she, you know, everything she said about, like, her mom and things like that. I didn't like that, and I didn't like how she reacted to Manny's abortion, Um, but for the most part, I really liked Emma's character. I thought she was a pretty good lead and someone that was overall very rootable, Um, and I shipped her with Sean. Sema is one of my favorite ships on the show, so I only have great things to say, and oh my gosh, it's so obvious, but I should probably preface this, which I didn't even do. There's gonna be a shit ton of spoilers because I just looked at the character who's two after Emma. Um, yeah, I'm going to be saying who dies and whatnot. So if you've not seen Degrassi in its entirety, beware. Okay, so next we have Manny Santos, who was Emma's best friend. And yeah, so before Maddie from Euphoria, there was Manny from Degrassi. And she was iconic. I think Manny's glow-up is one of the most iconic things in Degrassi history. Um, You know, she goes from being Emma's really cute, adorable uh, sidekick friend for the first two seasons when they're in middle school. And then season three, when they go into high school, you know, she's obviously like, I want to become hot. She buys the thong. The iconic walk down the school hallway with her thong stick is one of the most iconic Degrassi scenes. Like, come on, let's be honest. Literally insanity so I'm yeah I'm quite excited like to just see if they can even find a character as iconic as Manny Santos but absolutely loved her um to a certain degree I guess I liked her with Jay um but I didn't love them and I didn't love her with Craig either which I know is kind of like the other big side to that love triangle and that's because I didn't really like Craig but it's okay anyways So then we have JT York, which was, of course, part of Emma and Manny's friend group as well. Um, Oh, he is one of my favorite characters. Um, So JT and Manny are both in my top 10, by the way. So I will kind of allude to whoever's in my top 10 as I get there. So Manny's one of them. JT is one of them. JT, I love. Of course, he was the first death on the show. He died in season six. Um, so tragic and terrible. I absolutely adored his character and everything about him. I thought, you know, he was obviously the class clown type and he was very lovable. He was very funny. You know, he had a lot of friends um, and he was always kind of stuck between multiple different friend groups and 
he was kind of like the girl obsessed one and you know just one of the most lovable presences and I guess I liked him with Liberty of course there were several endearing aspects to their relationship and you know it was very sweet and obviously the scene where he dies essentially in her arms is just one of the most tragic things and the fact that he was oh my gosh I know I'm gonna get so mad but the fact that he was murdered oh my gosh anyways continuing so we have Toby Isaacs who was JT's best friend um so he's kind of like the nerdy type super into computers anime geeky kind of thing he was Ashley's stepbrother um and you know I was never really a huge fan of his character I found him to be kind of obnoxious all the time so I don't have that much to say uh didn't really like him with anybody um romantically but you know it is what it is uh I just I found it to be him to be quite annoying most of the time so you know that's all I really have to say about Toby. <laughs> so moving on. So then we have Liberty Van Zant, um, who is, you know, one of the smartest kids at the school. She was driven. She was kind of the bossy type. Um, you know, she was kind of always known as the annoying, clingy, high achiever type. Um, but she definitely kind of grew up and grew out of some of those earlier behaviors, although she's kind of always stayed like the quote unquote judgmental character. But, of course, she added, like, a really good dynamic to those four that I just talked about because she was a little bit of a different personality mixed in there. Of course, her and JT, like I said, were their own little thing, um, you know, and I feel like she was kind of done dirty in a couple of aspects. I feel like they could have done so much more with their character that they didn't do, but she's definitely not the character that they did the most dirty on this show. So let's just go ahead and continue. So then we have Sean Cameron, who, of course, is the bad boy, um you know, he was held back, so he was kind of thrown into the same grade as the five people I just talked about, um, he was a huge kind of, huge epitome for character development, you know, he's been in juvie, he got this kid deaf or whatever, um, you know, so there was a lot of aspects and layers to that character, but I feel like, obviously, him and Emma had the whole good girl, bad boy complex that kind of made them just such a rootable ship, and I feel like they balance each other out so well. And the fact that they weren't Endgame is still one of the most ridiculous things that have ever happened on this show. And there's been a lot. So let's move on. So then we have Paige Michael Chuck, who is essentially the OG head bitch in charge. Um, she was stereotypical Queen Bee status, spirit squad captain, um, you know. But she kind of also had really good amounts of character development. Um she also kind of fits into a trope that they love to do these days which is essentially like the I mean usually it's like the mean lesbian type but she was you know the mean bisexual I guess but regardless loved Paige didn't love everything about her um especially after watching Degrassi again I kind of started to realize there were certain aspects of her character I didn't like as a huge Manny stan I feel like it's a huge Paige and Manny discourse within the first generation and I'm obviously team Manny so that's that, I guess. That's really all I have to say about Paige. Um, loved her with Alex. Paige and Alex are one of my favorite ships on the show. I thought they had some of the best chemistry. Um, great couple. And I didn't totally hate her with Spinner. I thought that they were, you know, cute while they lasted. I mean, they were kind of obviously just kind of that it couple that was just together for... I mean, not just together for status, but they were together because they were both kind of popular or whatever. They did really love each other, though, so I did overall really like you know, that character, and I feel like Paige's rape storyline was just so raw and real and, you know, well-represented, especially for the time that this episode aired, which was in 2002, so 
pretty insane. <laughs> so then we have Spinner Mason, who is kind of depicted as kind of a himbo. Um, he's always, you know, cracking jokes, similar to JT, but I think a lot of his aspects of his character that he's supposed to be not very smart, um, you know, very himbo energy, never really knows what's going on type. Um, so yeah, and I feel like Spinner's character kind of went through one of the most interesting things on the show because obviously he had this huge arc with Jimmy and kind of everything that happened with the shooting and all of that stuff. And it was so intense. And I feel like Spinner had to do a lot to kind of be able to be seen as a good person again in the viewer's eyes. And the writers wrote his character so well that he kind of made that full 180 and they really showed like, yes, he did the worst thing. One of the worst things you could do to someone, you know, obviously he was the reason that Jimmy was shot. He like, you know, said all this stuff in the bathroom when Rick was listening, whatever, whatever. So all of that happened, but he, they really, really made him pay for it, you know, he got cancer, he himself was shot, held at gunpoint, like, they put him through the ringer, like, you know, and he was able to redeem himself, and you didn't even notice his character development was happening, which is one of the best kinds of character development, so I liked him with Jane the most, for sure, very upset that he ended up marrying Emma, one of the worst things in the world, um, but like I said, I also liked him with Paige. So moving on, we have Jimmy Brooks, who was, of course, played by Drake. So he was the star basketball player. He was a great friend, and he was pa- paralyzed by the shooting, which I just talked about when I was talking about Spinner. Um, in terms of Jimmy's character and who I liked him with, I feel like, you know, obviously I liked him with Hazel. I feel like him and Ellie could have been cute. Um, but other than that, you know, that was really, like, all my opinions on his relationships. I didn't really like him with Ashley, to be honest. So that's pretty much a no. But I loved his character. I always felt like he was such a good friend. He was a great support character. Again, I wish they did a little bit more with his character, but definitely not the character that they did the most dirty or anything of that nature. So, yeah. So then we have Ashley Kerwin, who kind of starts out as, like, your grade-A perfect good girl gone goth uh, after an incident. So, you know, she kind of represented a lot of those aspects of just being an angsty teenager who's going through phases. Um, I found her character to be very frustrating, especially when she started having drama with Manny and Craig. It kind of was like the downfall of her character for me. I started to find her very infuriating, and I was like, girl, bye. Not interested. (laughs) Um, oh, and who did I like her with? Um, honestly, none of the above. Did not like her with Jimmy, did not like her with Craig, did not like her with Sean. So, moving on. (laughs) So, we have Terry McGregor. Um, so... Terry's character was not given a lot of depth, unfortunately. She wasn't really a huge part of the show. She was only there for three seasons. Um, You know, they kind of gave her the worst ending ever. Like, she was abused by her boyfriend, um, and he ends up putting her in a coma, and that's pretty much the end of her character, and we never get any kind of closure or anything like that. But, you know, she was very sweet. I feel like she was a pretty good friend, and that's really all there is to say about her. Um, I think had she been on the show longer, I feel like her and Spinner could have been great together, but we never got to see any of that kind of thing played out, and we just got to see a little glimpse of it at the beginning, and that's pretty much it. So then we have Craig Manning, um, you know, and I think I am not the biggest Craig fan, you know, I know he's a very popular character, but I am definitely not the biggest Craig fan. However, I do understand that his character is very, you know, uh, loved I guess you know he's a big part of the show you know he's like a very popular character so I definitely do have to agree that I think he's one of the most well-written characters um he's had to overcome a lot of challenges in his life and you know he went through a lot so 
in a lot, to a lot of senses, I definitely feel bad for him, and I think he's been through a lot, and yeah, and in terms of his relationships, um, like I said, I was never a huge Craig and Manny fan, so, you know, that goes that, did not like him with Ashley, um, and then with Ellie, they kind of served that whole, like, best friends to lovers thing, and to be honest, I'm not totally opposed to their relationship, and I know that a lot of people are, I feel like I just don't care enough about Craig, um, to really care about his relationships like that, and I never really got, quote-unquote, buzz from any of his relationships, so, moving on. So then we have Ellie Nash, who is very much goth girl. She was introduced as Ashley's new best friend, who was like, get piercings, do this. Um, but I feel like her character was very deep, and I feel like she's very misunderstood by the fandom. A lot of people hate her in this fandom, which is very frustrating, actually, because I feel like she's been through so much, and it doesn't take that much hard work to understand her character, but it is what I get is, I guess. Um, you know, I loved her friendship with Marco. I feel like it was one of the best parts of the show, and... In terms of her relationships, I just talked about how I felt about her and Craig, so there's that. Um, did not hate her with Sean at all, and like I said, did not hate the idea of her and Jimmy, so that's pretty much it. I personally really like Deli. I don't really care what anybody else says, so there we go. And then we have Marco Del Rossi, who was the first openly gay character on Degrassi, um, and it was a big step for the show. So this is the character, the only character actually there's two characters on Degrassi that I feel like their sexuality was their entire personality and Marco is one of them unfortunately um however I feel like he was such a great friend to everybody and that was one of the great things we did get to see about his character was just how much he was able to be there for everybody around him and how he was just so supportive um I didn't really like any of his relationships so that's kind of unfortunate so yeah and then we have Hazel Aden she was done very dirty we don't know anything about her so, I mean, I guess I liked her with Jimmy. But other than that, we didn't know anything about Hazel. So, moving on. <laughs> then we have Jay Hogart, um, very much also bad boy, dropout type. Um, did not like his character, did not like anything he did. But, you know, in terms of relationships, Manny and him were okay. Yeah. And then Alex Nunez was the bad girl. She was introduced as Jay's girlfriend. Like I said, loved her with Paige. I thought they were one of the best couples on the show. Um, and I thought that she was one of the great, the best characters on the show. She was the first lesbian character on the show as well. Um, you know, and I, I thought that she added a lot of really, really good depth, I guess you could say, to her own character and aspects um, of the different parts of her identity that she was given and her financial status and all this different stuff. So then we have Peter Stone, uh, who is literally one of the biggest menaces on the show. I thought he was one of the nastiest people in the world, like just not a good person whatsoever. Did not like anything about him. Um, so I did not appreciate most of his actions. I found him to be very frustrating majority of the time. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. I I did not like him with like ugh, at all. In terms of his relationships, I guess I would have to say I liked him with Darcy the most because I found him to be the most tolerable when he was with Darcy, even though their relationship started after he sent like this creep to her house. So I guess it's really not the best beginnings. But like I said, I guess she made him the most tolerable. And that leads us right into Darcy Edwards. Um, So she was kind of the Christian goody-goody you know, morals, trying to make everybody in the school this, like, 
Christian type. She was very sweet and innocent. But as the season progressed, the seasons progressed, she kind of revealed a wild streak. Um, she wanted to be sexier and a little bit more rebellious. So, you know, that was essentially the gist of her character. Um, I guess, like I said, um, I found her to be kind of tolerable when she was with Peter. Um, but, you know, I found her to also be a bit of a frustrating character for the most part, to be completely honest. So, yeah. And then we have Mia, Mia Jones, who was played by Nina Dobrev, and she was the first teen mom on the show that we actually see raising her child, because, of course, Liberty gets pregnant, and then uh, she gives her kid up for adoption, and Manny also was pregnant for a little bit, but she has an abortion, and those are the only two characters we've talked about so far that have gotten pregnant. So then Mia was introduced, having already had a kid, Isabella. Um, you know, so she was like a cheerleader, uh, and she kind of had this rivalry with Darcy when she first was introduced, because Darcy kind of being this kind of person was like no we do not want someone who's a teen mom on the cheerleading team so that was essentially just her character she dated JT and was very intrusive on everything after JT's death so I did not like Mia at all um Mia Dobrev did not strike out with a good character here but you know did not at all no just nothing great no not at all so, something I'm actually going to do a little bit differently, um, just because of the length of how many Degrassi characters there are, I am actually going to end my episode here. However, a couple of days from now, I will have a part two uploaded where I kind of go through the rest of the characters, talk about my opinions, and wrap up my final thoughts on Degrassi and why I feel like it's just such an important show for everybody to watch. But this is kind of exactly where I plan to leave off. So you can expect another episode um, on Monday or Tuesday. And then, of course, back to just regular programming on Friday. So that is something to look forward to. Um, I obviously had a, like, I always enjoy talking about Degrassi. I'm so passionate about this show and these characters and these ships and everything related to it. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say for now. Um, I will... See, or I guess talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, don't forget to hit the follow button and turn on the notification bell. Check out the bio, go to those links, and that's pretty much it. So, thanks again for listening, and until next time, bye. Mm-hmm.